0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Real People USA podcast. My name is Rick Napier, the founder at Real People USA, based in California. It's Saturday night. It's hot and uh, it's it's peaceful in the neighborhood. And for people who have not heard the Real People USA podcast, we cover three things. We like to talk about small business ownership and capitalism. Second, we help Republican candidates boost their performance through their coaching and our uh, political platform, and third, we talk about subjects that relate to real people in real situations in real America. So today's podcast title is Donors Who Give to Political Campaigns. Do you know where your donor dollars go, and are the dollars spent to reach voters? Well, you know, as people might be figuring out, real people USA does not like to lose. And we talk about subjects that uh, focus on winning. But in order to focus on winning, we have to talk about subjects that are causing candidates to lose. Now, uh, I think I mentioned on a previous podcast episode that I had no idea What goes on in political campaigns until about, I want to say about two to three years ago. And I started seeing some things, especially with some of the candidates and the incumbents running for reelection. And what I saw was uh, and I'm talking about live events here in California. And I started looking at uh, other events in different states and what those candidates were doing but it was the live event that i i saw something i said to myself man this is not what i thought it was underwhelming as opposed to overwhelming as opposed to uh, meeting my expectations and higher it wasn't it did not meet the expectations of a person who votes and i'm just glad Uh, Other people did not show up to this event I went to in California because I would I would rather pay money to, to to go to the circus instead of going to this campaign function I went to here in California. So when I started looking at all of these things in totality, I said to myself, no wonder Republicans have a hard time winning. It's because they're not really working to get the vote of the voters. And granted, Democrats cheat. We we know now that Democrats are good at cheating. And we also know that it doesn't take much effort to cheat. For every unit of cheating the Democrats do, it probably takes 10 units of real effort to win by Republicans. So that's a given. So Republicans or soda at a a disadvantage or a handicap in a sense, because if we want to win, we have to work. We can't sit back. uh, For instance, if there is a Democrat uh, congressperson in office, we can't sit back for two years or or six years if it's a, a senator and not do a damn thing. And then when it's election time, we pop out of our hole like like a groundhog and say oh i'm a democrat candidate here i am you didn't see my ass for for 23 months or 20 months but here i am i'm still your congressperson please vote for me and like damn fools a lot of the democrat voters still vote for that person oh yeah there he is or there she, there she is oh that's the guy that's the woman i'm voting for Because they have a D next to their name. And these voters have not seen a hide, no hair of their Democrat congressman. Have not seen him or her. But that's what they do. So the Republicans, what we do is, uh, what I'm seeing that we do, I should say, is we sign the documents, our names uh, begin to appear on the ballot, and we don't do the things that we should be doing we should be going out and meeting with the people, but we don't. And I've said this for the last 20 years. If you are a Republican, you you have to get out and meet with the people. The Republican platform is 100 times stronger than the Democrat platform because most people wanna go out and work and, and make money and have a decent lifestyle Maybe we all can't get rich, but we can at least find a job that will pay us uh, enough money to pay our rent and perhaps buy a house as we move up the, uh, the ladder at our company. Or we work hard and we get some experience and we find another company that will give us more money for our, 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 our services, our, our skills. And that's how it works. That's, that's what happened to me here in California. When I started working in corporate America after I got out of the military, I started at some number like 10 bucks an hour and just kept getting promoted, kept getting promoted and ended up as the vice president of a Fortune 500 company in L.A. And that happened within uh, like eight to nine years of a 12 year career at this at this company uh, that was a health insurance company. So and I wasn't really anybody special. I was kind of the kind of person that just worked hard and uh, the military background helped. And I went to work every day. I kept my, my nose to the grindstone. And then when I got in management, I started seeing some problems that I uh, started uh, you know, telling people, hey, this is a problem. We need to fix it. It'll save us some money. It'll help the company. And people started noticing that. And then i got a chance to work with the sales department not in sales but with the sales department and one day i saw a job posting to be an account executive and instead of completing the paperwork like every other person would i called the vice president of sales and the vice president of sales michelle she was impressed by that went, she, so she invited me come by the office within the the next you know three hours I had lunch with her and she hired me on the spot and that was the beginning of my corporate sales career so what I'm trying to what I'm trying to get at is that the Republicans will always have to work hard and so my question is if we always have to work hard why don't we and in the process of running for office Republican candidates probably just like Democrat candidates. I think the money comes faster and in larger sums for Democrats because that's what they do. They get money from unions and, and big corporations and, and who knows. But Republicans, uh, they typically do not align with big corporations. Uh, we typically align with, with, with the voters. We typically align with Uh, the small business owners, the the parents and grandparents, uh, sometimes law enforcement, fire departments, you know, people that know us, people that see us. So I'm not trying to evade the topic of this podcast episode. I'm giving you some background of what I want to talk about. So, like I said, the question that I have for listeners tonight is, Where do the donor dollars go when Republican candidates receive donor money? And how come the donor money is not spent more so to reach out to Republican voters or even Democrat voters? You know, people who are looking at uh, having life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And God knows we need that right now. God knows that we had about three to four years of that under President Donald Trump. And now we're going significantly backward at a fast pace. So where does the money go? And the reason why I mentioned this because I look around, I, I see, I'm an observer. Uh, when I was uh, in, in corporate America, people knew me as a hard worker. And then when I started getting promoted up to management, people knew me as the, the problem solver. Mr. Fix It was my nickname, even though I was in one sector of the corporation in in a certain department. If your department impacted my department, I would come see you and I would come see you very professionally and say, you know, Doug, there's something happening in your department that's causing some problems in my department and let's fix it. And sometimes, you know, people like Doug, who was that department manager, they would say, great, I didn't know that was a problem. Let's try to fix it. And then on some occasions, the managers would resent the fact that I came to them asking them to fix a problem in their departments. And I think I had it out with one manager and she was like a manager above me, but she was in another department. And I gave this manager a month to fix this problem. I kept, you know, going over there, you know, sending memos, uh, you know, giving some examples, wanting to meet. And I was pushed aside because I was below her in terms of my corporate standing. And she had so much experience in this area. But the experience that she had, she couldn't solve this damn problem, which was causing significant problems for me. So I waited, I waited. And at the last moment, I got a call from a client uh, of the company. And the client said, well, I'm canceling my account. And this account paid us $95,000 per month. It it was a health insurance account. And this was a client in Southern California, and they owned a business and they were paying uh, healthcare benefits for about 4,000 Employees, and the owner had a medical situation, and it caused some problems for him uh, with our healthcare company. That's all I can tell you. It's a HIPAA situation, and so I got the call from the client, and I said I can't take it anymore. So I called the CEO of the company of a twenty-five thousand employee company. Now the company's is a hundred thousand people now, but it was twenty-five thousand at that time. And I said, CEO, I've tried my best to fix this problem. We just lost an account that paid us $95,000 per month. The CEO hit the ceiling. He said, get this fixed as soon as possible. Who should I call? I said, well, you need to call this person in this department. When I got back to the office, to my department, uh, that manager was so upset because I went to the CEO. I didn't want to lose more and more accounts because this uptight manager didn't want to solve the problem in in their in her department. It was a, it was a female, but it's not just it's not a female situation. I used to have um, you know operational and managerial challenges with 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 males too. So it's not a female versus male thing. This person just happened to be a male I mean a female so that's the reason why I'm bringing this up it's not to uh, body slam anybody who I think could be doing something different I want to win as a Republican voter and I want to win now that I'm helping people be on the path to winning I don't want to lose I don't want to work with four people and let's say three to four people that I'm working with win but other groups out there are working with maybe 20 30 40 people and their people lose because they're not doing something uh that could help their people win so let's get down to the issue here okay okay so i've been seeing over the last year or so uh, republican candidates and like i said man i hope something changes quick I hope whoever listens to this, they say to themselves, oh, my gosh, you know, Rick is still working like he's in corporate America. But now he's working in this campaign situation to help candidates. So this is what I'm seeing. I've seen this for the last year and a half where Republican candidates ignore the actual voter who is giving them money as donations? Okay, so the Republican candidates and their and their consulting teams. Many of these consulting teams are not spending the money, you know, to reach out to voters per se. And I, I if you're looking at this uh, this podcast that's uh, on a in a video format, you'll see that a lot of the candidates and their consulting teams are spending money on these items. If there's I listed about seven items. There are more items. Uh, there are some items that I didn't put here that are legit. Like if they're paying marketing firms to do marketing, that's legit. If they're paying advertising expenses to advertise, that's legit. But I wanted to focus on the six items that I see most of the time and these are big items. So I just want to go through them quickly and ask voters who are listening to this podcast episode if you think this is right. Okay? So the expense is uh, money paid for a three- to four-star hotel conference room. And that's when Republican candidates, mostly, hardly any voters are at these events. Sometimes these events are private. And... Uh, the Republican candidates get together and, uh, they, uh, talk about issues and they, uh, promote one another. And it's almost like a fashion show in a sense, because everyone gets dressed up. They got their Sunday's best on. Um, and you know, they, they spend maybe two to three nights in these hotel hotels and have the conference room for a couple of days. So my question is, does the three to four star hotel conference room, does that vote? And the answer is no. Okay, so the Republican candidates and their consulting firms, they fly sometimes to a city where the conference is being held. Now that's, I mean, I can see going someplace maybe a couple times a year, but when you, when you fly from Dallas to Columbus, Ohio, Your voters are not in Columbus, Ohio, if you're from Dallas. So if you're going from Dallas to Seattle, Washington, and you're from Dallas, and you're going to Seattle, Washington, and you're doing flights like that, you know, three, four, five, six times a year, your voters are not in Seattle. Your voters are not in Houston. Your voters are not in Phoenix if you're from Dallas. So my question is, the airline flight to a city. There's the airline company vote. Do the flight attendants, the pilot vote? The answer is no. Okay, so the next one is the candidates' rent or mortgage. Now, um, I've been told that using campaign money for rent or mortgage is, is legit. No one's disputing that, okay? So, but again, in the totality of things, does your landlord or your mortgage company vote for you in this election? Their answer is no. Same holds true for a car payment. You need your car to get around, uh, to meet with voters. Uh, you know, but you, but if you're using your car to go to uh, meetings where all your Republican candidates are getting together like a gala, and you guys are having a fashion show, and uh, you guys are just mucking it up. Does your car payment, the money that's paid to your car finance company, does that vote? Their answer is no. Same thing for candidates' apparel, makeup, suits, dresses, shoes. You know, getting your hair done and all that stuff. Now. I just got to, you know, my thing, I mean, maybe I'm just old school, okay? I grew up in a fashion center. I grew up in South Florida where fashion was everything. But you know what, though? Many voters are not seeing these candidates. The candidates are dressing up to impress other candidates. They're not impressing the average man or woman in the street in their districts. They're spending this money on apparel and makeup to impress and look good in front of other candidates. So the question is, does a candidate's apparel and makeup vote? Their answer is no. And what about fine dining with other candidates at these conferences? Let's say over a year's period of time, you're getting 500,000 or a million dollars in donations and uh, and you're writing off this fine dining that you're having on the donor's dime, you got to ask yourself, you got to ask yourself, is the five-star restaurant, four-star restaurant, McDonald's, KFC, whatever the hell it is, do they vote? Are they voting for you in that district? Well, the answer is no. So you got to ask yourself, how much money is left to reach out to voters? I mean, the real freaking people who have to cast their vote for the Republican candidate. And it may not be a lot of money left. You know, three to four star hotel conference rooms, airline flights to cities, candidates rent or mortgage, candidates car payment, uh, candidates apparel and makeup, fine dining with other candidates where's the money to reach out to voters maybe the money is gone so i'm saying if you have received a million dollars two million dollars five million dollars and there's not a large portion of that to reach out to the voters i'm not talking about money and receipts you got from the hotel conference room the airline flights the rent or mortgage the car payment, the apparel, the makeup, the fine dining with other candidates, I'm saying how much of that money was spent to reach out to the donors. So if you got, let's say, a million dollars in donations, look, I'm telling you, that the answer must be you have to spend the majority of that money to reach out to donors. Because if I'm giving a, a candidate money the last thing I want to hear is, "Oh man, I didn't have enough money to reach out to the voters, so therefore I lost." So where did the money go, Mr. Candidate or Miss Candidate? Oh well, you know I had to, you know I I rode around in the Mercedes, or uh, you know I I had to I had to rent this nice uh, campaign office, you know up in the hills, up in the mountains, or you know where everybody lives, or on the beach. But uh, yeah, that was an expense I had for for, for campaigning. So the donor's like, you mean to say you had a million dollars or $2 million and a, 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 a small amount of that money only went to reach out to the voters? See, that's where a large portion of the money should go. It should not go to hotel conference room, flights to cities, candidates rent or mortgage, candidates car payments, Candidates' apparel or makeup, or fine dining with other candidates. It should go to things like advertising, uh, marketing, television commercials, um, you know, outreach events where you're paying people to walk around with the flyers and go door to door. That's where the majority of the money or significant amount of the money should go. Now, uh, I just want to close by saying a lot of candidates are using social media and guess what they're not paying for that so you can't say that you're spending the money on social media you might be spending the money on some graphics for social media but the social media part for most candidates they're using it for free i just want to let candidates know that if you're banking on social media as the primary source of reaching out to voters, that's a losing proposition because most voters don't even have a social media account. Most voters who matter, and we're talking, if you're talking Republican voters, you're mainly talking about the productive members of our society, people who work, people who have businesses, people who have uh, management or leadership jobs, people who uh, make payroll, You know, people who have families, you know, two, three, four or five kids in the family, you know, family of four, family of five or six. Those people don't spend time on social media waiting to see how candidates look good or what conferences candidates are are doing uh, this week and next week and the week after. So anyway, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, like I said at the beginning, I want Republican candidates to win in the House and in the Senate and especially in the House. I can't work with everybody. So I'm just saying, if you're listening to this and you're sitting in a conference room, either last night or or tonight or tomorrow, and you hear this podcast episode and you say to yourself, you know what, I'm not really reaching out to the people in my district. I'm sitting here in this freaking conference room, you know, eating 30, 40, $50 dinner plates uh, and people who paid to to come here, uh, that's, not, that's not the average voter. If the conference room only holds like 200, 300 people and you live in a district where there's 400, 500, 600,000 people, That's not reaching out to too many people if only two to 300 people are sitting in the conference room and and maybe 10% of those people are candidates and other uh, political affiliated people. So anyway, this is Rick Napier, founder at Real People USA. Damn it, I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm gonna keep making podcast episodes like this because Republican candidates got to get to the people. And if the people are donating money, that's where a significant amount of the money should go. Take care. Make it a great day. God bless.